0: All I'm saying is that if I really wanted to hack my eyesight and have wrong data being fed to my brain, I'd do drugs.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac where there are devices all around me connected to the internet, but they're not spying on me, are they?
0: And from America's left coast where the smart speaker controls what you hear, the smart oven controls what you eat, the smart fridge watches your input, the smart toilet watches your output, the smart TV tells you what to do, the smart clock tells you when to do it, the smart assistant decides your life for you. And the dumb consumer basks in the convenience of it all. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
1: Wow. You did real work for that. And I don't want to be the smart toilet. (laughs) The smart toilet's got the worst job out of all of these devices. That is, you know, if you're, if you're in a piece of electronics, I mean, there are some things that are, you'd be like, Hey, that's really cool. I'm the latest, you know, iPhone with, Ooh, that's awesome with all these great technologies. And then you're the toilet that sifts through human waste. And tries to save our worthless little lives by pointing out things like your diet sucks or maybe uh, you know you got cancer or we're seeing something in your urine. Bad things. Um, and that's what we're talking about today. The Internet of Things devices. It's an interesting topic because I think there are some great uses for these devices, but leaving them unchecked is the problem. And it's moving forward. This industry at such a pace that all these companies are worried about nothing but features and collecting your data and security is unfortunately at the bottom of the list of what they're worried about and that's really probably the main concern we have about these devices right
0: uh i mean i have other concerns like uh you know jcd's concern about how uh everybody now drives with a map application up telling you exactly where to turn. And the result is that people are literally getting dumber and losing the ability to navigate on their own because they're relying on these devices. But yeah, security is the main thing.
1: Well and the phone isn't I mean I guess it is an Internet of Things device, but that is slightly off the beaten path. I mean we know that we have uh you know the different technologies and they share a lot of things. But when you say Internet of Things do you include the phones? I mean, I know you don't include, obviously, your desktop. You don't include your laptop. I don't even think you include tablets and phones, do you? I mean, I think it's well, everything beyond that.
0: If, if this was 10 years ago, I would be including uh, the, the Garmin and TomTom, which are not general purpose platforms like the phone. Uh, I don't. I only say 10 years ago because I don't even know what the current models are, if there are even any standalone navigation systems anymore. I just, uh, but, uh, I mean, any, any device that I don't know the the phone is, is a general purpose platform. Uh, but what, what you're seeing now is, uh, devices that are being created for exactly one purpose. And it, you know, it, it's a small embedded thing, often embedded into another product that it's a computer with fixed software uh you know fixed except for the updates of course that they send down and uh, the only real difference between it is you have less control over it and it's marketed to do a lot less um it's it's kind of like if you go get an arduino and you put uh you know if if you put uh some custom software on there that does nothing but turn your lights on and off at a particular time of day or Connects it to a microphone and turns your lights on and off when you say "clap your hands together." That would become an Internet of Things device, despite the fact that the chip in there could do so much more. It's it's trying to take a, a computer and limit it in some way, and that's how we decide what Internet of Things is. Is that that's kind of my understanding?
1: Well, and it has to be connected to the outside world as well. So if you took something like an Arduino or a Raspberry Pi and, and made it into a a high tech clapper which was one of those first devices that you clap your hands a couple of times and it turns the electricity on and off to that plug. If you never connect it to the internet, I don't think it's an IOT thing. Is but that it, is that a device that obviously can connect. I think so. I think I, that really is the, okay. you know, that's well, the concept. Wasn't sure, in the cause name.
0: There are certain things that, that all of these devices seem to have in common because uh, even if the device doesn't need any kind of internet connection, it is, Uh, here's here's what all of them seem to have in common uh all of them are connected to the internet whether they want to or not uh they all have some kind of subscription uh where you pay money monthly in order to send your data to a database somewhere in silicon valley uh they all uh have an app for controlling them so that uh you can uh you can use an app to have your Okay, the one I was reading about this morning um, was was the smart toilet, which I'm totally going to ridicule later. But let's just say uh, (laughs) the best feature of that app is that it will send you notifications on your phone when your toilet needs to be clean. Is that awesome or what? Good.
1: Yeah. Well, it would be better if it would actually clean the damn toilet itself. But yeah, uh,
0: (laughs) well, it, it claims to do that too. I'm dubious uh, uh sir, sir john
1: fletcher of the hog story podcast said he wants his smart toilet paper and i don't know if you're, do you have to put like chips in there that would seem like it would get um, that, very yeah, fletcher That and, that is
0: called a bidet
1: <laughs> that, and, that's something and you, you control
0: it by uh you know because everybody has their phone with them on the toilet so it's easy to install their app and mm-hmm. then when you're done doing your business you open up the app and you tell it go into clean mode And then the bidet will do its thing and clean you out. And that way you don't have to do anything really gross, like push a button that's within two feet of your hand, uh, because you can just do it on your shit smeared phone screen instead. And don't
1: drop it in the toilet. But this is one of the things that most of these devices have in common. You're right. We have to include the, the phones and the laptop and the uh, tablets Because that's how you control most of these devices. So I guess they are in that ecosystem as well. I read somewhere that there was a firm called Gartner that said by 2020, there would be more than 26 billion connected devices, which doesn't include PCs, tablets, and smartphones. And another projection that said five years later, by 2025, That would be up over 80 billion, so there would be more Internet of Things devices on the planet than humans. just think,
0: each one of them needs an IP address. We might finally have to go to IPv6 like we've been told for the last 20 years.
1: Well, of course you do, which is one of the problems with the Internet of Things devices is that one of the main concepts of them is you being tracked. And from just thinking about this and reading a few articles, it seems like there's three major problems when you talk to people about security of these Internet of Things devices that come up. The first, something we've talked about a bunch, is your data. So your data is there. What's going to happen with that data? Who can access it? Number two is it puts a, most of these things put a public profile out there. Which is something we'll be talking about as well. There's a lot of these things, like even like your Fitbits and stuff like that to where you're like, hey, I could share this with my friends so that we can compete. Well, but now you're putting some data about yourself out there.
0: By Fitbit, you, know, you, mean, and, you mean your Google Health Tracker.
1: Right. Which is the Google name just bought for that. Them. But you must comply. Yeah. But you're people that are actually putting stuff out there. So it's not just we have this data and we don't know where it's going people put public profiles, they put this information out there, and they willingly share it, which is an issue when you really start looking at, again, who's accessing, how it's going to be used. And the third, so you have data, you have a public profile, and the third is eavesdropping, which is also uh, right up at the top of the list for most people, and everybody thinks it's really creepy and weird, but then a lot of us, including the Podfather Adam Curry, at one point, including a, a lot of people have these devices, the talking tubes, as you like to call them, which have microphones that are always listening. But these are the issues when it comes to these devices. What you know, data is it collecting? You know, to What's be fair, I don't profile? know that I've
0: ever used the phrase talking tube to <laughs> describe those devices, but uh, I, I, I have heard reliably from you, Darren, that I like to call it that.
1: You do. I've, I can guarantee you if somebody I wants am to go back through the archives, Sir Ryan Bembrose will send you an autographed, glossy headshot if you can send him an audio of him saying talking tubes. Ryan at grumpy I dot com. Yeah, I've,
0: I've used the phrase NSA spying devices. I, But yes. Anyways, uh, security.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, and here's OK. Let's start with the security and talk about the fact what happens and I know we've talked about the light bulbs in the past and a lot of these devices, which will let you turn the, uh, you know, the power on and off, which is, it's not as cool as it seems. I mean, this was futuristic technology like 10, 15 years ago when it was the same thing as basically you could put on a timer that a lot of these devices like coffee pots used to be the minute power was added to them. They would automatically go into brew mode because that's, how it works you just leave the on switch on you would put a timer on it or one of these devices but all of these new coffee pots and stuff like that when the power is restored from being off it just goes you know it doesn't go into brew cycle or anything like that so it makes
0: these on on the brand new coffee pot that i made it actually has a really cool feature where when the power restored from it's off it starts blinking 12 o'clock on the front
1: well that's very helpful because it, when I got the uh you know, the talking tube, the first one, I bought a couple of these things that controlled the power outlets and then quickly realized they weren't very useful oh, and that's were the overall last thing I want. a pain in the
0: ass. What? Oh dude yeah I I just giving Amazon or Google the ability to turn off power to shit in my house is the last thing I want yeah and
1: it's not very helpful i mean because again if you have say a lamp in your room that normally goes on and off when you flip the switch on and off when you enter the room once you add one of these little smart controlled outlets the if you turn the power off you turn everything off and turning the power back on doesn't turn the light back on and it becomes a uh, it becomes a quick
0: kludge i think that's my favorite aspect of uh uh, the the smart light bulbs which i think are probably the first uh, iot devices that i ever saw uh i used to back on this week in tech in like 08 when the philips hue came out uh they uh, listening to them talk about how amazing it was that they could use an app to turn the lights on and off and i kind of looked at and in in fact in the background of the shot cuz the the particular shot that they used uh was leo holding up his app And punching buttons on the app with his finger and two feet behind him was a bank of light switches. And I thought that that was absolutely (laughs) the best shot, the best way to do that.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, the best, too, is depending how how this stuff is actually working and what it's being routed through. Quite often, you click light off or light on, and it's like three seconds later before it happens. Oh, it has to take a round
0: trip all the way through some database in Silicon Valley. To, that to make sure that the you know they have recorded duly this person you know the person with this account and and this demographic for advertising purposes has uh, turned their lights on at this time and then you know you can use uh, machine learning later to determine whether or not that means that you would go for a particular brand of socks uh, you know advertising is a great thing I think my favorite aspect though of the smart lights. Is the number of people, and, and, and I've seen the number of solutions created to uh, try to work around the fact that the nemesis, the thing that destroys your smart lights, is the light switch. Because right. these things, you, you turn them on and they always, they're, they're a program. So they always take a little bit of power uh, just to, to keep the CPU running, keep the memory going. And the memory, it's volatile memory, just like every computer, where if you, you know, if you shut off a computer, everything in memory is gone. Well, these light bulbs are the same thing, uh, which means they are constantly using a small trickle of power just to keep your settings, to keep your preferences, to know what it is that they are supposed to be doing. So, you know, when when you plug in one of these light bulbs and the first thing that you do is, is you start, you know, rattling the switch and, and tapping on the bulb or whatever it is you do, like, you know, tap 12 times to open up the, the color menu. And uh, you, you go through that whole process of setting up your bulbs and it, then somebody, a guest or something comes along and does the conscientious thing and flips the fucking light switch off when they leave the room, bam,
1: all your settings (laughs) gone. And well, and so no, and it no longer than works when you go computer lights on yeah and like, and it, yeah it does
0: you have to go find the switch <laughs> and turn it back on which completely defeats the purpose anyway because now if you want lights you not only have to find the switch and turn it on then you have to open up the app in the dark and say uh, now that you've got power let's go ahead and connect and configure it I mean to be honest with with the light switch problem it's no wonder that they want to store their settings in a database in Silicon Valley because. That's the only place that you're certain you're not going to dump all your settings every time somebody comes along and does the thing that we've been teaching people to do for the last 80 years, which is turn off a light when you leave the room.
1: Right. Which means the only real solution to that is get rid of the light switch, which could be done. But then you're in the in the unfortunate uh, case of where you need your phone to turn the lights on and off. So did you leave your phone at work? (laughs) You got home. Well oh, I, th- no, that that
0: is an old man's problem. That or that an old I'm sorry, an old people's problem. Because if you are uh a modern young professional person, uh you know that your phone is surgically attached to you and can't be left anywhere. Uh so that's not really I mean, you know, that's that's definitely a generational problem.
1: And I think the main reason that so many people have jumped on this little light bulb thing, and when I was doing the reviews for amazon there was no shortage of people wanting reviews of their little app controlled light bulbs and what you start seeing when you understand the technology is forget about the fact of what the light bulb even does forget about whether it works or not and whether it's great or not and whether you think it's really cool that you can change colors and all that and intensity oh, that's of the right bulb. the
0: killer feature that no incandescent bulb can do it changes colors yes it looks well, that's pretty. not true my, my incandescent bulbs always change from white to yellow but it takes a couple years
1: the interesting thing is where this is coming down why all these companies are jumping in is the app it is to get the app on your phone and we've talked about this when we just talked about strict privacy but it's worth mentioning again when you install an app on your phone. It wants permissions to do certain things, and I'm guessing that a lot of these apps yes. for these bulbs are going, who's your
0: contacts? What's yeah. your, you know, your, they have your, access to yes, your Facebook exactly. account. Uh, your, your light bulbs would like to know everybody in your contact list and their phone numbers. Just in yeah. case, just in case one of the people that you've marked on your friends list walks into your house, we'd like them to be able to turn on the lights as a courtesy. Also, just in case anybody who has got their hands on the hacked database being sold on the dark net, we'd like them to be able to control everything in your house, too.
1: It is the unending quest to get your data. And a lot of these devices are nothing more than that. I mean, sure, they can do what they say they do. Hopefully that, uh, you know, you get a $30 light bulb that you can make whatever color. And, I, and there are some uses that I think. Are decent you know some of these things although you don't need to be connected to the internet to do it
0: It better give me an orgasm when i turn it on (laughs) well that's
1: the extra added um add-on that you connect to your phone and then vibrates and does all these yeah there's there's always an app for that but i mean i like the concept of some of these things if you're somebody that has a problem getting up in the morning especially in the winter when it's dark out Some of these lights that come on gradually and then light up the room, it helps a lot of people get up and not feel as fatigued. But with that said, you don't need that to be connected to the internet. You could buy one of these devices that'll do that without being connected to the internet because that was one of the other things. When you're looking at all these internet of things devices, it does, you can put them into three different categories. It either takes your data and sends it out into the world. It. Can also get data from the world and bring it into your device, or it can do a combination of those. That's all it does. It's all about moving data either from you out to the world or out to the world to you, which there again, there are some things like I just put a new humidifier pad in. It's getting to be winter here in Chirac. The humidity level inside starts dropping. And if you know anything about running a humidifier, you have to manually adjust you know how much water is going through it how much humidity you want to put in and as it gets colder outside you can actually handle less humidity inside before you start having problems with you know the windows getting flogged up and then you can have problems with uh, you know window seals and all this kind of stuff so it's a never-ending dance of oh when it gets colder you turn the humidifier down when it gets a little warmer outside you can turn the humidifier up the concept that all of this data all these, is all out these frozen there,
0: world problems. If I, 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 I mean, know. my humidifier is a below grade basement. Well, that works too.
1: But you think about this, and the concept of making this humidifier work, it would be so much easier if that was connected to the internet and could go, you know, once a day, what's today's weather forecast? I'll set it at this. And you never have too much humidity. It's always just right.
0: Oh, but don't use the, problem, don't use the again, weather becomes, forecast. If you use the weather forecast, you're basically hooking it to a random number.
1: Well, yes, but it's close enough. I mean, it'll tell you within a range what it's going to be. We know they're never exact, but we're going to believe them for climate change and what it's going to be in 100 years. They can't tell me what it's going to be tomorrow, but let's forget about that. There are some things like that, though, that I could go, you know, hey, what's easier? Either you could buy a device and understand you would cost you then money, but I'm sure I could buy a device that i could put outside that would report the temperature in just on a wi-fi signal and not go out to the internet i understand if i wanted to run a really long wire i could put a probe outside and have that report back to my humidifier but a much easier solution would be ping the local you know weather station on the weather or or iq weather and see what the current temperature and humidity is and adjust so i understand there are some good excuses why you might want to use this technology to bring data in i don't think anybody's scared about bringing data in it's all about that other route
0: this this technology you just described does this exist or are you just trying to come up with hypotheticals for for useful products because it actually sounds like it might be useful unlike most of the things that come out of silicon valley (laughs)
1: I mean, I don't know. I've never seen it, but I've never looked into it. I I would, it has to, if it doesn't exist, then I think it might be an exit strategy.
0: I mean, something like that could never be invented in California's Central Valley, where they don't have to deal with actual weather occurrences because it's always, you know, 69 and, and somewhat sunny, except when it's foggy, but it's always the same weather that some, nobody in Silicon Valley would ever come up with, well you know, what if it actually gets really cold? That just never occurs to them.
1: And <laughs> DC girl just shot my whole uh, concept right down and said, we could just use the weather band radio, you yes. know, which is out there. And that you could just grab the information from Ka- that. So, kind of like alarm clocks in my basement though.
0: Kind of like alarm clocks that have, uh, have not been connected to the internet classically. And yet uh, a lot of them use a radio band, which is always broadcasting all the time, which just sends out. Uh, the correct time. So, you know, having I mean, uh, uh, okay. I got to tell, I got to tell a story, um, about a Microsoft engineer. Um, have you ever heard of Raymond Chen? No, he, he does a Microsoft blog called the old new thing. He is a very long time engineer at Microsoft and has, uh, done a lot of really good stuff. If, if you want to know about Microsoft's history and why super weird things are in windows, his blog explains a lot of it. Um, I, anyways, I'm a big fan of him. I used to, you know, I ate lunch with him a couple of times, but, uh, he put up a blog post only a few days ago. And this, this ties into the daylight savings rant that I, that I gave the other day, um, where he had an alarm clock and he had purchased this alarm clock for its ability to project the time on the ceiling, which is uh, a neat feature, but, uh, the alarm clock uh, was one of those ones where in order to set the time you had to download a set the time on my alarm clock app and use that to run it and then it would use the Wi-fi and you could uh, so you had an app that said you know there were no buttons on this thing or anything so in order to set the time in order to set the the clock in order to do it he had to ha- okay fine you know that's that's weird I would never do it It was apparently a really cool alarm clock, but he said uh, that the problem was it didn't reset for daylight saving time. And so when he went around and changed all the clocks in his house, uh, including the manual clocks, um, he just saw this thing and went, "Okay, I need to I need to reset the time on it. And then he realized he couldn't because uh, he had deleted the app off his phone, because if you never bother to set it, why do you keep that stuff around? And then he goes out, he redownloads the app. uh, discovers that it, you know, it needed his account credentials. Okay. He needed to do the lost password, log into his account. Uh, he needed to, uh, go in and apparently it had lost the registration for that particular clock connected to his account. So he needed to, uh, you know, delete all clocks attached to his account. Now re-register the clock now rerun. And in the end, uh, ultimately the problem was, and the reason why it didn't reset for daylight saving was, uh, Apparently, the Wi Fi chip was not able to connect to his Wi Fi on there, and he ended up telling it to connect to his neighbor's Wi Fi, and it automatically updated. And everything that I just said for a damned alarm clock. Well, I'm just thinking
1: that's the way they're pushing all of this tech, this um, Internet of Things on us, because daylight savings, that could be the nefarious reason behind why it's still around, because you have to go. Your microwave, not internet connected. It doesn't know what day it is, had to go reset that, had to go reset the clock on the oven. I don't want to do all that. That's such a pain in the ass. Give me Internet of Things. Save me. It's the lazy man's. It's the lazy man's nirvana having all of this stuff uh, added in there. But yeah, I can see where that is the problem and why they want to force you to have an app on your phone to set the clock is exactly the reason we just talked about, because now your data is in their hands. And one of the things you read, this was, I think, Malwarebytes site and uh, Norton site. And there were a few articles I read from a few of these companies talking about the Internet of Things security. And they all point out, you should be carefully reading those privacy fo- uh, policies to find out how your data is going to be collected and how it's going to be used. And I just hey, laughed at ain't that nobody because got time privacy that. policies. <laughs> well, yes, and they change on a day-to-day basis. So yeah. even if you had time to read it,
0: they, they all have then, the clause uh, that says we are allowed to change this policy at any time we like without notification. That's usually in the policy somewhere. And so you basically have to go back and reread the whole thing front to back every week in order to check and see if their policy is changing. Cause they don't even have to notify you.
1: Yeah. So you're all these devices that you need the app for that, that by the way, I, I believe
0: I'm no lawyer, but I believe uh, that is called a contract of adhesion, where one party has all the control to set terms of a contract and they force the other party into an onerous contract because the other party doesn't have the power to change it is is called a contract of adhesion. Uh, very common with, uh, oh, basically every giant corporation that says, uh, you know, if you, know, you want you want electricity to your house, take this contract. Uh, you you want to use anything on the internet take this contract and there are some devices that it's like okay
1: what what does it matter would be the question for instance we have a uh, i don't remember what brand it is whirlpool samsung whatever brand lg of washer and dryer that we got that has the ability to send a pop up to your device when it finishes with a cycle and i find that to be very helpful our washer and dryer are down in the basement You can't usually hear when the little uh, alarm goes off. And I do appreciate that the new devices, rather than the old uh, alarms, which were just uh, when something was ending, now it plays a nice, pretty song and it sounds nice, but you still can't hear it upstairs. So it's nice. Again, you're installing an app with this and you understand that, but it's nice that when the washer is done with the cycle or the dryer is done with a cycle that you get a pop up telling you. Okay, you can go down now and move the clothes from one of those devices into the other. The amount of data that collects for most people, if you're just looking at this in a very cursory manner, it's like, well, what do I care if the company that made the washer and dryer can see how often I'm using it? You know, it that doesn't seem like it would be data that would be that damning that it would be data anybody would care that it would get out there, but when you start looking at the possibilities of where they could take this information, it could be very bizarre stuff. Like, are there sensors now in the washing machine that are looking for certain uh, types of minerals or something that, oh, there's 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 a lot of blood in your washing machine today, uh, Sir Pemrose. Did you kill your wife? You know, I mean, there's some uh, very. I, I mean, strange- that hasn't
0: happened more than three or four times. Uh, but <laughs> but if pattern. you're looking for chemical sensors in your washing machine, water, uh, you know, we noticed that uh, we, we've detected a lot of, of uh, you know, particulate in your clothing that indicates that you were near somebody who was smoking marijuana. And uh, we've gone ahead and helpfully forwarded this information to the authorities.
1: Better than blood in your stool, says John Fletcher. Hey, that's the kind of comedy you'll get at uh, HugStory.net. But yeah, it's interesting when that's, you look that's at troll what, room at its best, what these, you know, what these devices might start right now, I think they're limited to downloading different programs. You can you know, if you wanted to set up your own washing cycle in exactly the way you want, which I don't even know why you would. I mean, unless you're an absolutely nutso who thinks you can come up with a better solution than everybody that has tested this machine for hours and the company that put it together. That's one thing I love about the new machines. You just kind of throw the thing in, you put a little bit of the detergent in, and it senses everything and knows exactly how long to wash, exactly how long to dry. But if you want to, you can create your own program and download it to the machine. Don't know why you would.
0: I, I would argue that uh, if I am have been using this washing machine for six months, I actually have a better idea how it washes my clothes correctly than the person who has never seen my wardrobe
1: (laughs) that's probably true um so you can do that so you can download a program to it that seems pretty uh, low on the your data being accessed and anybody really caring you know it it will also show you i mean the interesting thing there too when we talk about the the micro grids and the smart grids when it comes to electricity will be they can see when you're running the units which i think that data is going to start becoming more and more uh invasive when the microgrids i mean it's it seems like it could be a great thing as far as being able to balance power consumption but when you get to the point if you live in california now i mean you know there's problems with getting enough power
0: the the microgrids in california have already been used successfully to identify grow houses
1: right cuz you can see all of a sudden there's i don't even know if you need the microgrid to do that cuz all of a sudden your electricity bill Goes way up, but with the microgrids, they have the opportunity to say, "Oh, you know, right now we are in a power conservation mode, so we're not going to allow you to do things that are inessential to day-to-day life. So we're not going to let your washer and dryer, your dishwasher run, yeah. your air conditioner, nope, no run. hot
0: showers for you between the hours of you know three and six or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's this. This is where the connected devices." start becoming more and more invasive because i mean they've always been able to tell on a month to month basis how much electricity you're using and if they really wanted to send a dude every day to look at your meter that used to be on the outside of the house they could do that on a day-to-day basis if they you know if you if you start using a thousand times more power than you did the months before they probably know you got a grow house or something going in your house that just isn't right but now they have this down to the minute by minute Where they can tell if somebody's in your house by the fact that somebody flushed a toilet, by the fact that a couple of lights went on and off, which is some very bizarre kind of spying thing. And we talked about on the one show a few shows back now that some of these mesh routers are being used as motion detectors, which just kind of that freaked me out. You talk about taking a technology and using it for something nobody thought it could ever be used for. These mesh routers can pick up something as small, they said, as a mouse moving around your house.
0: Well, that's like the that's kind of like the MEMS microphones, which are now being uh, defeated by lasers being shot at them. It's it's taking the electronics and making it so that they are responding to things they weren't designed for. You read that story, didn't you?
1: Oh, I read that story, and then they covered it on the No Agenda show, and I was going to do a random thoughts on it, but it does fit in exactly to this Internet of Things concept, which is the microphones are able to be accessed. I mean, we all know if you do any, if you're a podcaster, if you've ever used things like, well, Zencaster for one, Audacity, um, Adobe Audition, if you've used any of these programs, if you've ever seen what the spoken word looks like, in a physical format you've seen the waveform well you can recreate that using a laser
0: which means you can anything that you can vibrate in a specific time you can turn into audio signals
1: and now the fact that you can use a laser to hit somebody's talking tube and have it respond is, you know, a lot of people like, oh, come on, now you're really pushing. Nobody would ever be able to do this. This isn't even a real, I mean, it's interesting, uh but it, it's not a real world thing that would actually be used. And the article I saw on this, I'm assuming you saw the same one, was the people that were testing this tested it in a, in a situation, recreated a room, or it was actually in a room, and then did it from outside of a window and were able to give the command. And there's some very simple commands that, again yeah seem very innocuous on their own like open up the front door unlock my house yeah (laughs) yes everybody uh, who has
0: a smart lock on their front door now that they can just insta you know if I call me old-fashioned if i want to leave my house um i have to pass very very close to the place that the door locks and so i don't (laughs) mind manipulating a physical thing but i guess if i was 20 years younger and used to all of this technology it would be far more convenient to on my way out say alexa unlock all my front doors and uh, anybody Everybody listening to one of those devices probably, just yeah go go
1: relock yeah, your doors Cursing again. you at this time <laughs> you better go relock i hope you're not playing this well you know while you're not home for your cats and dogs because now also if you're uh, yep. listening
0: to Grumpy Old Benz and you have one of those devices, you deserve what happens to you. We're warning you. We've warned <laughs> you. We've told you what happens. Get that thing out of your house. Okay, go on.
1: Well, one of the things that I don't understand. I mean, I guess I oh, do to I a certain set One point. off in
0: the troll room. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are a bastard, Sir Bemrose. I agree with Darth Radar. No doubt about it. But. I don't understand why these devices don't allow you to change the trigger word yet, because that would make these devices much more secure because since somebody would actually have to know your trigger word, which if they're your friends or family, they would, but some person just randomly trying to break into your house wouldn't know. This is like when we set up the WordPress sites, everybody knows that wordpress if you want to go into the administrator panel it's the domain name slash wp-admin dash so you put wp-admin into any website after the url and if you get a wordpress (laughs) login box you know they're using wordpress and that's the url that you need to use if you want to try hacking their site if you want to try logging in as the administrator and there are options
0: and then if if there's sometimes a default administrator password, but more often, you know, somebody will cleverly reset the password because people are starting to figure out how, that you can't use default. And then all you have to do is use the same email address that you that the contact information on there, and go consult the database of hacked sites and figure out what the common password is that they use everywhere, and use that.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of those around, and uh, you have to use different passwords if you're if you're a grumpy old Ben's listener. And you're using the same password and email address on every site you go to, you're doing something wrong. But there is a WordPress plugin that allows you to move that. So when somebody types in WP ADMIN, it doesn't go to a login page. And it makes it nearly impossible for the bots to brute force attack your site because they can't even find your login page. The same thing would be, I would think, for the Amazon devices. Instead of saying the A name, uh, if I was able just to say, hey, stupid motherfucker, if that was my key phrase and then everything after that, if you were, had the ability to set that yourself, it would make these things so much more secure. And I don't understand why they're not allowing people to do it. It doesn't make a lot of
0: sense. When when you say the A word, do you mean uh, the word Alexa, turn off all of the lights?
1: Exactly. I yeah. just didn't want to trigger everybody's machines. But Ryan at GrumpyOldBenz.com, if you have any hate mail, that's usually where it goes. So I don't understand why they don't allow you to change the trigger word, because now that people can use a, a laser from outside of your house through a window to give the machine a command, one that you can't hear. When the reality is you could be sitting right next to the device and you would not know that it had been triggered and your front door was open. So again, if somebody's coming in trying to do nefarious would, things to you.
0: Okay, actually, I have I have a legitimate question. Would you really not know? I thought that these devices responded. So you would be sitting next to it and have no idea that something's going on until it said, you know, "Okay, I'll do that." Or, you know, "Okay, bomb parts ordered."
1: i don't think it tells you for a lot of i mean if you're asking it for the weather of course it's going to tell you what the weather is i don't know i have never used it for this but i would think if you just say you know i'm just i'm just wondering i'm wondering fan off
0: i I don't think it gives you a
1: response okay i could hear my device although my device is talking to me in the other room because i don't have a fan on but it's confused but if you do have something set up like fan on fan off and you give it that command i don't think it says okay I think it just does it. So, I mean, I don't think okay. there's any verbal well, man well, in, I, in I, the I, troll room can tell us. I've it's never seen used no one response on that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. it's a, it, So really think about that. You're just sitting there, you're watching TV and somebody's unlocking your door or opening up your garage door to steal your car. Or they're coming in the front door quietly now because they've unlocked the front door. You don't know. And they're walking in. And that is perhaps the strangest thing. I think that people have hooked up to the internet with these internet of things devices. And there's big companies in locks, you know, like Schlage and uh, a couple of these other ones that make these, uh, you know, for your front door. I, I don't get it. That is the strangest I, thing when it comes well, it, to it's, it's basic not like, security. Come on.
0: It's not like if, if you're sitting across the room from something and, and you're too lazy to get up and walk over there. And it's not like, uh, you know, you're, you're on your way home and you, Uh, you say, you know, Alexa, preheat oven to 450 degrees and because you want to put a bake a cake as soon as you get in. It's not like one of those things. Door locks are, by their very nature, you only unlock a door because you're about to go through it. You are in physical contact with the door. Why do you need to route the request through Southern California? I... And
1: the oven thing, and there are smart ovens. I mean, that's one of the things that Amazon has come out with. That to me is one of the scarier ones from the aspect of, I remember once, and you make this mistake once when we had a wooden pizza, you know, whatever you call them, they were like the little paddle or something like that. Yeah. So we had a wooden pizza board and it was big. So when you weren't using it, we just would throw it in the oven. And, (laughs) The one time, if you put the oven on, do a preheat, and you don't take that thing out and you forget about it, you can start a fire. So uh, you have to be very careful when your when your oven is hooked up to the internet. That if anybody can hack in and turn it on, don't leave combustible stuff in the oven. That would be I, yeah. Would I be, think
0: it's dangerous as shit to be able to turn your oven on without actually being in the room. And capable of dealing with a fire if one starts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I, I get some people. You know, if they're not home, they like lights to go on and off. But I, I'm still. You know, I'm waiting. Very I'm waiting timers. for the
0: database hack where where somebody hacks in somewhere and manages to simultaneously turn on the oven of everybody in San Diego, causing uh, PGE <laughs> to suddenly have a California wide brownout and yeah i don't doubt and, that well i mean you know the indication might be that it would start a fire which causes the whole state to light up so maybe it's already happened
1: all well, right well the oven and the ovens i doubt use anywhere near what the central air does so that would also be the other thing which is hooked up to a lot of things and i do i understand the concept and i've never gotten one of these devices um and if you want to get some of these devices there are ones that you can have that will only work in your house and that i think is at least a little bit safer but uh when you start hooking everything up that is able to be controlled from the outside, you run into the issue that you're opening up something. We talked about one of the other grumpy old beds. Remember way back a few episodes ago about the Las Vegas casino that had their whale list stolen because somebody hooked up a fish tank, like an automatic fish feeder or something. and It was a Wi-Fi thing in yes. the fish tank to the main Wi-Fi in the casino rather than one that wasn't connected to
0: all their stuff. Because when you're designing a smart fish tank, you realize it only needs to be as smart as the fish, right?
1: Pretty much. And when it comes to this, one of the main products that we've heard about for this Internet of Things bullshit is the ring doorbell, which was bought by somebody else. That's like an Amazon or Google thing now too, isn't it? They were uh they were they were purchased by one of them. But these ring doorbells, and this I just jc jr sent me the link this morning that they have just fixed this problem that we were talking about yesterday which was if your device isn't patched this is still the case and this has been the case for what years months that these devices have been out they've been out what a year or two now i think the ring doorbell maybe even a little more a couple years yeah. this this particular vulnerability was because you know Actually, security it's gotta is be, hard
0: it's got to be five years because i first heard about it on Twitter which I don't think I've watched that in five years. Well, that's sad that
1: because if this if this has been there, this Uh, is sad that I
0: watched it that recently. I agree. Yes, it is
1: that when you were setting up these ring doorbells up until literally today with a patch coming out, you set it up and it set your Wi-Fi password in plain text, which is a big no, no for anybody that wants to have security on their home network and Everybody was like, oh, it's only the first time, and somebody would have to be listening. And you can go through all of these excuses, which I'm sure the people at the Ring Doorbell, when they came up with this, decided and patted themselves on the back because they were really smart, saying, well, we don't really need to do this because it'll only be the first time and it'll only be for a couple of seconds. And what are the odds that somebody's going to intercept this Wi Fi password? Well, when you can figure out how to reset this Ring Doorbell, Which means somebody's already set it up. You see, they have one. Here's how you you mean by flipping
0: a light switch, for example. Well, technically, kind of, kind of, but
1: it's a little bit harder, I would think, because you're not in the house. But yeah, I think there are ways with any of these devices, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't do my homework. I'm sorry, but I would believe that with some of these uh, doorbells and stuff, if they're like anything else if you have a problem with them and they're, people are they're probably do, not
0: em hardened which means that anything that like a flash bulb that sets off an em pulse right next to it could probably do that what you're asking well, that
1: would not only that but there's probably something like my uh, router my linksys router has which is if you turn it off and on again like three times within 10 seconds it goes into a mode so i'm betting yeah. with these light bulbs there's a yeah, that mode is called five busted. seconds right You know, you press it for five seconds and wait, you press it for five seconds and wait, you press it for five seconds and wait three times in a row, whatever it may be. I guarantee you there's something like that with these ring doorbells that reset it to factory, which means then it stops working, which then means the asshole who bought it eventually figures out it stopped working. And all somebody has to do is plant something in the general area. And it's easy to do now with these little pineapple devices and that that intercepts the wi-fi signal for when right for when asshole comes back to reset his ring doorbell he's gonna put his wi-fi password through again you're going to get it so if you have one of these ring doorbells update 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 or maybe just throw it away one or the other
0: i i read i read an article um that i i it's it felt so internet of things and and so millennial are are you did you know that the Vatican has an app? The no, the Vatican but I mean, the everybody has an app. Well, so the the Vatican apparently and, and I I don't remember when this article was, but I remember reading it uh had created an e-rosary uh with a a downloadable click to pray app. Uh so you you wear this thing like a Fitbit uh where you it it looks kind of like rosary beads but it has a chip in it and an accelerometer and you uh you have your app so for configuring and you have your app that that uh allows you one click praying so i i I guess (laughs) i if you need if you know that it's time to pray you can open up the app and click and then you start i i'm not really sure where the app comes in on this but there is an app uh but the other thing you know the the, one of the things that they said uh, it does is with the accelerometer, uh, you actually activate the rosary by making the sign of the cross with the wrist that, is, that, that it's on, which is really cool and totally useless. But uh, I, I get it. Some people really need that sort of thing. But here was the best part about the, the initial rollout of this e-rosary is that it had exactly the security th- flaw that you just described. Which is um, in order to sync your rosary with your app, uh, it didn't use encryption. It didn't use a password. It didn't even use your, you know, because there's no UI on this thing, um, just a display. What it did was you hit the sync button and it shows you a PIN. And then it sends that PIN to the database somewhere. And then you enter that PIN on your phone and then it's synced. And now, They, your version of the app is connected to your rotary and, uh, at no time did they think that, uh, or, or test this with multiple people. Uh, it's a four digit pin. So at any given time, 10,000 people could be sinking at best. (laughs) And if you, the thing is like when this thing first came out, they discovered that you could enter a random pin and have like a 30% chance of sinking to somebody else's rosary.
1: It would make sense because it's literally it's no security whatsoever. It's just another one of these cases of. So um, it's, it's a,
0: it's a case where Silicon Valley created a solution to a problem that didn't exist. Uh, they coded the, uh, what, what was the line from Jurassic park that I always loved, which is, uh, you know, you people, you always think about whether you can do something, but you never stop to think whether you should. and, an E rosary absolutely falls under that category. I, okay. I'm not Catholic, so maybe it's different for actual Catholics, but no, I don't think I need an electronic device to insert itself in between me and my God.
1: I don't think God uses an app. I'm just guessing,
0: (laughs) you know, if God did have an app, it'd be the most popular one ever, but he used the older technology. He published a fucking book.
1: That is true. That is true, and uh, it's something that, of course, you could get now on your Kindle device and have it uh, electronically uh, sent to you, and they are one of these, that's on the peripheral, I would guess, of the Internet of Things. I know they're kind of a, you know, they are a little computer, they're just very specialized, but I know people have hacked them with Linux and done other things, but as far as these devices, yeah, I think that might be the craziest one I've heard is a Internet-connected rosary. the other things that we've talked about a little bit, I think we ever talk about the Roomba on the uh, on the grumpy old Benz, the little devices that take your home and they do they do the vacuuming for you.
0: Well, r- and, Roombas have absolutely been discussed, but I, I there's so many things that are weird about them. Go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, which is again, it seems like a great idea. This thing's yeah. going to come in and it's going to sweep my house, and most people have no clue of, again, what kind of data is going out. And one of the things which I never even had imagined until I read that these things were doing it was that they were sending the floor plans of the house that they're cleaning in the particular room that they're in. And again, this seems like fairly innocuous data for most people, but it shows another...
0: People, consumers, are, are right to trust that the Roomba company themselves probably don't care about your floor plan. But you know who does care is the person who buys on the dark net, the hacked database. When Roomba has a security leak, the the database leaks, it goes to the dark web. Now for $10, somebody can get a hundred thousand floor plans in Oakland, California, and then they get to pick and choose which houses they want to rob.
1: Makes it much easier. Yeah. And the fact that these things now have camps, some of them have cameras in them, of course, because... You know, it needs to make sure it doesn't bump into things and stuff like that. And so where's that? I mean, it's not great video, but even some of these really cheap cameras I talked about on one of the uh, the random thoughts episodes that I recently, from being an Amazon reviewer, I guess, just randomly got a small rechargeable camera that it doesn't send the stuff real time. It just records, although you can get a real time picture if you plug it in via USB, so I plugged the camera in into a, a laptop that was unconnected to anything else. But it, it's a legitimate company because, again, I was like, OK, is somebody trying to hack me. But the camera worked well enough to where, you know, it wouldn't be something you'd be watching as like the latest movie. But it, you could tell what was going on in these cheap little devices. There is a lot of stuff. These things could catch one. You're absolutely right for casing a house would be the number one thing because these things are tr- literally traveling all around your room and if they're getting things like oh look at that artwork on the wall or look at that whatever i mean if it's picking up things now you get the floor plan you get to find out exactly where this roomba is and you get to see what's in the house i mean this is like the ultimate house casing tool is a device that
0: and travels around and the, and the around best and thing takes about pictures. it is that the victim buys and installs the house casing tool themselves
1: Yes, that is that is the sad and scary part for the convenience of it. One of the things I I was intrigued by, and not that we wouldn't have guessed this anyway, but one of the things that WikiLeaks back in March 27 is one of these big dumps that they released disclosed that the CIA has tools for hacking Internet of Things devices such as Samsung smart TVs Yeah, to remotely record conversations in hotel or conference room. So think about that. Everywhere there's one of these TVs, they're probably listening. They have the ability to listen. So the question is, why are you buying one like the Roomba? Why are you buying one of these TVs? Or you now know that every place that has one
0: because because it's is, convenient. Yeah. My my favorite well, Roomba story. Uh, I my favorite Roomba story is uh is this device just like like most of these devices, there is the means for uh to flash a new software onto it um, because the company, you know, all software companies, they, they must push updates. We've discussed that before. Uh, but if there's a way to get new software onto the device, there's a way to get homebrew and bootleg software onto the device. And every engineer knows about, you know, and anyone who, who's paid attention to the homebrew community knows that if you have anything with a processor, then, then one of the greatest goals is to get it to run uh, Doom. Uh, you, I've seen Doom running on everything, you know, uh, smartphones and stuff like that are, are old hat, but see, I've seen Doom running on an ATM, uh, for example. Um, I, but the Roomba would be tough because there's no screen and no real controls. So instead what they did was they installed Spotify on the Roomba and then they uh, used it to augment the normal thing. So what happens is that when this guy's Roomba comes out to, clean his floor it's playing tunes from his spotify library
1: <laughs> is there a speak i guess there must be a speaker in the room but for some reason huh? i guess maybe just like oh i'm stuck or something like that there's yeah, a I little uh
0: I, they, they, bizarre the the google nest home system and thermometers uh you know a, a device which arguably only needs to know how cold or warm it is has a microphone which uh Google swears has never been utilized by their software, so obviously isn't listening to you. But I'm a little suspicious. They put a fucking microphone in the thing. Well, yeah,
1: just for you know, maybe they want to do something at some point, just in case they need the to Nest- hear the
0: temperature in your house.
1: Right. Well, we know the Nest thermostats have had you know like kids in the room, and all of a sudden the thing's talking to them and saying dirty things. And this is uh, the hackability, the lack of security that are in these devices. When you cook up these things, no matter what they are, when you're hooking these things up to your Wi-Fi network, you're putting a lot of faith in them because this little Roomba, whatever it is, these wireless cameras, all of these devices, your internet doorbell, that ring doorbell that you you know once it's allegedly uh, configured now that it's not giving away your secrets, but somebody's going to find a way to hack into these devices, and every one of these devices, if they can be hacked. Which I would guess all of them can, and which is why the security thing is the patches keep coming, but it's like an open opening a window into your network and every time you add a new one of these devices, you're adding the possibility that somebody's going to be able to get into your network you're relying that that Roomba when it was set up that it's connected to your Wi-Fi that somebody outside of your house can't connect to the Roomba and then get into the rest of your network
0: so a responsible person somebody who uh, at least has a, a decent grasp of IT. So if you're listening to this and you're not a dude named Ben, then go find the nearest uh, uh, Gen X person who who was a kid back in the 80s when all this stuff. So um, the responsible thing is to, all these devices have to connect to Wi-Fi. So the responsible thing is secure the Wi-Fi. Um, do, what is your position on uh, having multiple Wi-Fi networks? Because that's, yes. that's the, the recommendation I've always heard is you have one Wi-Fi networks for your computers that you trust or things that you actually trust, and you have a completely separate Wi-Fi network for all your Internet of Things stuff that doesn't connect to anything else in your house.
1: Oh, I fully agree. And that's what I've been recommending for a long time. And I know it seems like a pain in the ass or it's an extra cost because you need to go get a second router. And a lot of people don't even understand that you can hook up more than one router i have my main router that i run my network off of that i'm using right now but i also have another router in the next room where the roku is and uh, that router hooks up to the dns from the unlocator service which means i can watch nhl games or major league baseball games even if they're blacked out so that does that little fun thing and you can also run those other routers yeah through vpns and stuff like that but the other beautiful thing is since they're going through that router, they don't have access to my main router. So you can easily, if you know, maybe you need a dude named Ben to help you out a little bit in the configuration, but once they're set up, you can have two separate routers in your house, one of them, which put all your stupid devices on. If all the light yeah. bulbs want to talk to each other, that's great, but they can't access your actual data off your PC, off your NAS systems or You know, they can't get all of your personal information. So it's a major plus to do that.
0: So I've seen features on on certain routers where they will actually broadcast two different SSIDs for the purpose of doing that exact thing with only one device. Uh, Do you know much about these?
1: A little bit. It's basically a guest network which tries to uh, coordinate off. They try to put up a firewall between the two. So you're using one device, but it's allegedly keeping the traffic separate.
0: Well, I I mean, obviously everybody should trust their IP ISP who provided this router, right? No, well, no I, I see. That's
1: this is where you this is where I start breaking <laughs> down because I haven't uh, this, used. I'm sorry, my a router sarcasm router from is, my ISP. Yeah, my, my, my years, sarcasm is a little
0: thick here. I understand. Yeah, because I've
1: never uh, actually used a router but, from my ISP, and for, I the modem briefly, but then I bought my own. You know, but for a brief time, they were the only game in town. But once you can buy your own modem and your own router. If, if that's one thing you take away from grumpy old Bench today is do that.
0: But but even for the people who aren't going to go out tomorrow and buy new hardware, uh, but, you know, go, going out and going from, uh, I have this router that seems to be fine that was provided in my ISP to you know having a couple of podcasters tell you, you need to go out and buy not one, but two brand new routers. Some people might balk at that, despite the fact that our advice is solid and you should always follow it. Some people won't. Uh, so my recommendation, uh, if you are going to not only ignore our advice about routers, but also ignore our advice about these Internet of Things devices, is if you have to put one in your house, put it on the guest network. Uh, never put it on the same network as your your phone, as your laptop, as your computer, um, because it's just another place where you're begging for more. You, you know the. The the fish tank the with the whale right. story it would list is a prime example of if one of these devices has a security flaw, which I think we've already demonstrated or established that a lot of these companies do not test security. And if you bring a device into your house that has a security flaw, then at a very minimum, you want to put it on a network which gives it a, access to the internet, but not access to every other device in your house.
1: Yes, Blitz is absolutely right. The IoT devices, they scan your LAN and they send home all that information, which is the reason why you want everything on the guest network or on a secondary network. And if you really want to do things right, you get a VPN and you hook up that guest uh, router or the secondary router to only use a VPN, which means they can't even pin you down as your location in the world. And that's a plus as well.
0: Now, do you want to talk about the, the next step in the future of uh, Internet of Things devices, which makes all the advice we just gave about locking down Wi-Fi completely moot and you're screwed anyway? And by that, of course, I mean 5G.
1: Yes, the great 5G, which will turn the sex robots into devices that you won't even know are robots. It'll be so realistic.
0: Yes. The, the ones where you can, you know, the, you can always download a movie in seconds. Yeah, because I watch movies that fast.
1: Can I I just want to read you something here before we get into this, which is um, Business Insider says, lightning fast 5G networks will change how telecommunications shapes business and will offer new and transformative possibilities in the IoT space. The new standard will further increase the appeal of cellular solutions in the areas where it's available. That's why nearly half of IoT providers said they're planning to introduce support. For five G networks to their solutions within the next two years, blah
0: blah this blah. Was blah back marketing, in 2016. marketing marketing
1: Blah. Well, no, I'm just saying the 2016 yeah. they were planning on five G within two years. Absolutely, that well, hasn't happened.
0: Yes, they they want they they want the future. The future is now. Don't you understand that we we must roll everything out immediately? Testing, but they're late. Uh, safety. Uh, well, they're they're late because of a. Uh, obstinate people like you and me who keep (laughs) casting shade on this marvelous new technology that will save us all and also shorten our lifespans by irradiating us. Well, that's good.
1: That is good because, you know, if you live, if you live too long, you just, you don't enjoy it. But my question with the 5g stuff is who's paying for all of that bandwidth. Because when I buy an internet of things, light bulb today, I plug it into my house. I'm paying for the electricity. It's going through my internet connection. When it's 5G, is it just using its own? I mean, how does for, that work? for the
0: most part? Uh, I I mean, you know, we don't have a lot of rollouts to see how this works, but but it's not hard to imagine that uh, wh- when when you get a new Internet of Things device with a 5G modem, the first thing you're going to have to do is register it to your name, and then. Uh, you know, register that name to your uh, AT and T or Verizon mobile account, or or whoever you have an account. Have one with. Of those. Well, you're, you're, I don't have one of those. Well, your have none of your devices are going to work. It's I don't it's going to be that. yeah. I, 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 I don't have it.
1: well, that's because that's see that I believe it's going to go the other route, which is the one of the first devices so you can that guarantee came out they're, with.
0: They're going to come up with, with a way cell, to charge though. you for this.
1: Well, uh, no, but I don't know. I don't know if they are. I think they might be doing this for free because they want the data. But you look at you remember when the Amazon Kindle came out with the cellular modem in it because it was very minimal amounts of data. It has a cellular modem that talks to an account that isn't yours. It just goes through and magically works because well, they, Amazon they were, was paying. They weren't for these. charging
0: money, but they were absolutely collecting data on who connected from where and from when. Yes, which
1: is where I think this is going. So I don't believe you're necessarily going to have to register these things and have, you know, oh, you have networks. to register.
0: I, I guarantee it to be much are, more nefarious. They are that. not going to allow all this data flying around their network without having the names of people connected to them. Because if you can't tie that to a particular demographic, a particular person, a particular type of person, a particular uh, advertising account with Preferences and likes and dislikes and all of that. Then your data is worth automatically worth eighty percent less to advertisers, and that's where the Which real. Is why you is. always lie,
1: always We're, lie, always lie.
0: And, yeah, and if, here's if, the interest If you can't if you can't avoid generating the data at all, then yes, then screw it up with bad data.
1: But this is where, even without having your name attached to them, again, when you're getting this down to things like your air conditioning devices, your stoves, stuff like this. They don't need to know your name to know what area you're in and to limit your use during peak times. You know, so this, it, it, that part yeah, is also uh, very sir, scary. Sir
0: Bemro's prediction though, is uh, that even if they don't need the information for the device to work, uh, they are going to get it somehow, whether that be uh, act- requiring you install an app, That requires access to your name and ID and email account, or if it just requires you to enter in an account ID into the device, or if it's just that they take the information and uh, correlate your street address to your house, to your name. I guarantee you every single one of these devices, and this is my, my prediction, every one of these devices, the company will have in their database an identity of a person tied to the device. The days of being able to use devices anonymously are over.
1: Well, mainly because when you hook them up with your phone, when you set up in the app, your phone's GPS is on and they'll probably just piggyback off of that and they can get very close with that information alone. But here's my question when it comes to this data, because there is a thing, there is a law called the Children's Online Privacy Protection Rule, the COPPA legislation which has been around and I remember this came out when I was running a few different bulletin boards back to the good old days online and it came to the point to where collecting data of any children I believe it's under the age of 13 is illegal without getting written uh, authorization yes. from and, their parents
0: and that law is the reason why most online services say that you have to be 13 to sign up because Getting written authorization is such a pain in the ass. And they want, they really want you to be able to click a few times on a website, get an email, click on the link in the email, and you're in. And written authorization is such an immense pain in the ass. Most of them say in their terms of service, you must be 13 in order to be on this service.
1: So let me question you this then with your smart toilets. How do they know who's pooping, who's peeing, who's flushing? If there's a child in the house, you can't collect any of that data legally.
0: Well, obviously, they're going to have to mount cameras in the toilet bowl. <laughs> and, and somebody let me know when that database goes online.
1: I want to opt out. I really want to opt out of this technology. Um, but that's a serious question, and that's not a serious answer. But I want to know how that is really going to work when there's laws that say you can't collect information. From children under 13 with these devices that are just pulling out such vast amounts of data literally out of the air on how you use these things.
0: The the serious answer on how most of these things do it is that they just collect information on everybody. They have complete disregard for the age or anything else. And if somebody starts really pushing uh, to say you've collected data, you know, I'm waiting for the lawsuit that says, um, you know, my. 12 year old child went up to your house to trick or treat and you recorded him with your ring doorbell and he did not sign any authorization to do that. I'm I'm waiting for that to happen because that does violate COPPA and I, you know, ring doorbells in particular or, or any kind of smart doorbell. Um, I'm sure as fuck not consenting to be recorded just by walking up to your door. So, not really sure where they get the authorization for that
1: in regards to the smart toilets j c. jr. missed the joke saying facial recognition Darth radar got it fecal recognition is how <laughs> we're going to handle the smart toilets and who is who is using well,
0: that that's I guess that's and, and maybe you know maybe in order to get around the whole camera thing because uh the I mean, the toilet. You don't normally put your face in the toilet, but there are probably enough distinguishing marks that they could build a database to recognize people from that with a camera, or they could go the the other route and just put like a genetics testing kit in there, so that when whenever you pee, it checks for DNA latent latent DNA in the pee, and then it knows who does. I mean, they've got to have some way to track it.
1: And I'm intrigued. I've never seen a story about these the talking tubes, the Amazon Google devices, Siri, all these devices for children being in the house, because this, again, changes how you can collect data and what you can use. And when they are devices that are used beyond multiple people without logins, which is the main difference, I guess, when you're dealing with these devices, when you're on a laptop or if you're on a phone, usually you have to log in with a username and password, and that's attached to then you can say, I'm the adult. And they can tell you children can't sign up, but we know kids aren't stupid. And they go, oh, I have to be at least 13, huh? Which is why the ages of people on Facebook are usually way off if the kids were young enough to start on Facebook, you know, at 8, 9, 10, whenever their idiot parents let them get on Facebook. So they're turning 18 when they're really like 13 because they've been on the, the site for so many years. Well, yeah. when you were signing in, which at least had a username and password,
0: which has the added bonus of showing a bunch of of fourteen year olds who are just discovering their hormones. Uh, you know, sending them tobacco and porn ads because Facebook thinks they're eighteen now.
1: And uh, yes, Alexa does have the voice recognition now. DC girl, I know I got a thing the other day saying, "Hey, set this up." It's like, no thanks. And I okay. believe the then, then y'all the need to turn that on as well.
0: Y'all need to turn that on so that <laughs> when I say. Alexa, burn my house down. It doesn't trigger it because some idiot on a podcast is fucking with you people because you have these listening devices in your house.
1: That would be good. I mean, everybody wants the filter to have Bemrose not be able to trigger their devices. That actually could be our exit strategy. You might want to just sell that app to people. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it,
0: I'll, I'll go ahead and write a write an app uh, uh, uh what what are they called skills talents something like that write one of those yeah, for the skills. alexa yeah. that does nothing more than filter out bemrose's voice because he likes to fuck with your device yeah
1: with this 5g stuff it is uh, it gets much more nefarious <laughs> because it does take the control Dar- away from you
0: darth radar reports that what i just said made it say uh are you trying to shop for a house down yes kind of <laughs>
1: It down, burn it down now. It's like, or you know, really, this is kind of a scary thing if you have the ability to send these commands out. So, you wonder if people leave, you know, say somebody leaves the house and makes the horrible mistake of leaving the no agenda stream going while they leave the house. And then Ryan Bemrose comes on and just starts saying things By like horrible, order toilet that's paper. Awesome. stat. Well, yes, You have no words. idea
0: how many cats we are entertaining right now. <laughs>
1: when you start triggering all of these devices but once you get to 5g yes it takes so much more of the control away from the end user that if you bring one of these devices into your house there's really no way beyond i don't know just do faraday cages work with the 5g stuff maybe that you could keep these devices from communicating with the outside world
0: Uh, maybe uh you know okay so the the fundamental physical problem with 5G and and this, I, I've not seen a lot of marketing that goes over this uh, because they use the, the, the millimeter wave technology, which, you know, the, the, the same thing that they use for the full body scanners in airports, kind of like same wavelength, but it, it's, I think honestly, because they're not going to be at the same power and they're not actually trying to see through your clothes so that the TSA agents can have a look, see, um, I don't think that 5G is actually going to be seriously irradiating things unless you install one in your toilet, which might happen and maybe you need that part irradiated if you're dumb enough to do that, but beside the point. However, um, these waves do not go very far, which means in order to get the promise that every marketing material shows to cover you know your entire city in 5G, you're going to have to basically have a 5G connection every single block. And even if you want to cover that much hardware for the access points and the antennas, um, that still means that you're going to have to have conventional wires or fiber or something running to every single telephone pole. And in the, a medium sized city or a large city, or even a small city, that is an incredible amount of infrastructure you have to put out. And I, I don't, when when people talk about oh we're rolling out five G everywhere and you'll just have perfect coverage, I don't think people understand exactly what that means. Uh, you know, even trying to blanket a city, which is like I said, uh, I'm a little scared of the idea that that many devices are going to be putting out RF waves at me in the city. But I mean, we've already got Wi Fi, we've already got uh, you know electrical transformers put out RF waves, different frequency, but whatever. Um, so we're already being bathed in RF waves. That's but just saying, uh, well, yeah, we're going to do a full citywide rollout. It's like and you're going to spend how many trillions doing this and you're going to charge what? I don't think they can do it.
1: Well, I'm intrigued by what is really being touted as the great thing from 5G down to 4G down to 3G, especially when you're talking about. The Internet of Things devices, things that are sending very little data back and forth. You're not talking massive amounts of data. So, what are you really getting? If you're talking, it's just they they want to sell you on the speed. But as you've mentioned, the 5G has a much, much smaller radius from each of their individual antennas that it will cover. Is this more of an issue of with 5G? Well, it and is, and you're the way, so much with, more traffic is that it? Uh,
0: these, these radio waves don't go through walls very well, which means that if you want to use it in your house, you're going to have to invite AT&T or Verizon to install an access point in your house, and you won't be the one controlling that.
1: Well, I remember when we had the access point just for cell, if you had bad cell signal, you could take a thing, put it up on the roof or whatever, and then put it in the house, you could get a better cell signal, kind of a similar thing, but I don't understand what all of this new speed is needed for as somebody that's used 3g and 4g speeds well th- for your cell phones and that more than enough
0: so that you can download a movie in two minutes i don't Which,
1: get it because everybody streams so you actually, don't need to you download know, there the is, movie
0: there is a use case no nobody watches movies that fast but there is a use case for downloading movies that fast. And, and especially since, uh, you know, in theory, unless they start throttling, the 5g is actually bi-directional speed, which means you can upload them that fast too. This is going to be an amazing oh, way so for, for piracy. 5g is bi-curious. Yes. The, so, so what, what market is it that has a lot of movies that they want to both be able to upload and download in minutes? Well, pirate Bay. I mean, this is incredible. This is the greatest technology ever for people who want to illegally swap copyrighted material. I can think of nothing else.
1: I think this is just another way of being able to track things on a much smaller area. That the less coverage you get per each one of these five G access points, oh. you know where the people's where the data is coming from. You have a like you said maybe Hell a one yeah. block radius. Right, right
0: now when when you track a cell phone, and this is a cell phone that has its Wi Fi off, uh, just the fact that that cell phone is on exists and and can receive calls or messages means that you're connected to a cell tower, which means that every time a cell phone is on, they can track you to your nearest cell tower, which usually means. Within about a one mile radius, with five G, if they know which access point you're talking to, they're tracking you to within about ten meters. That's scary. That's, that's I mean, that really looks useful. at what
1: they when they can right because they can take all of this data and they can see on like a block by block basis, you know what areas have different trends. And again, a lot of this stuff seems very innocuous. Like who would care? But when you start adding all of this stuff up, it really is going to get down to the ultimate Big Brother where they know hey why why do people on this block buy a lot of craft singles i don't know we check what's going on there you know it's it's marketing it's uh, a complete invasion of privacy and with the 5g added to all of these devices you have much less possibility of keeping that data from getting out or at least now as we've talked about you can run that through a separate router keep it away from your other data and you could run it through a vpn so if you're running that light bulb. I could be running a light bulb here in Chirac. And as far as whoever sold me the light bulb is concerned, it's getting pinged from, you know, Kuala Lumpur. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. They can't put that to you. 5G changes that game entirely because they can really pinpoint your location and you have no ability to turn that off. Before we were doing the show, I mentioned we were doing Internet of Things. And our buddy blitzed in the troll room available at noagendastream.com said, it's going to be funny when an IOT worm gender bends sex bots or something. And I thought that was genius. <laughs> and that you're going to buy a sex bot and it's just it. going to turn gay one day because it's going to be hacked or it's going to start. You know, it's going to it's going to change I, its personality.
0: If if that happens, I want to hear about it on the Mark and George show because <laughs> yes, that, George's that would be. mind would melt down. It would be uh, awesome. That to would hear. be the
1: beat. Well, and he, he's the, the one, one to give the review. <laughs> this is. Maybe the scariest use the fact that we've read multiple articles. We didn't go searching for these; they were on the like Drudge Report, one maybe you know Fox News, normal, well, relatively normal news sites covering the no. 5G connection you, to sex robots.
0: You you know how I feel about doing work and doing research, which means that the amount of effort that I put into setting up for this show was literally a. a a couple searches on the internet and that was like, I'm, you know what? I spent 10, 10 minutes at this. That's enough. But here are some of the stories that I found about scary freaking or, or ridiculous technology. Um, uh, Tesla's that will not let you drive anywhere because they need to take an update. Um, uh, surveillance in Hong Kong from smart lampposts, uh, smart ovens that are turning on the, by themselves overnight. Um, The, the danger of somebody putting an ingestible sensor in your food, uh, the, uh, let's see a new, well, no, uh, no,
1: that, that podcast you added to the stream up is down. They're dropping nanobots from the sky. So you inhale them.
0: Well, and, and yeah, talk about needing IPv6, (laughs) those things need a lot of IP addresses, um, uh, uh Hugh, Phillips Hugh, has uh created a device that offers you to synchronize your light bulbs with your smart TV. This one's amazing. Um for $230, you can have a device that makes your lights change color depending on the mood of the scene that you're watching on your smart TV. <laughs> um
1: that, That's existed for a long time, but usually it was just <laughs> the color on the screen and they, and they were people normally pay two hundred dollars the- for it? they did i mean they were but they were just for like bulbs that you would mount to the back of your television to make that was always sold as it would be much less eye strain watching in a darkened room but i never really bought into that either
0: yeah uh another one uh the government of singapore is giving every citizen a free fitbit under their government health system uh which i, I actually stopped and had to dig into this story apparently the device is uh costs $99, so that's the value. They're getting a $99 device for free for every single citizen. But here's the catch. In order to get this device, you have to subscribe to their coaching service for one year. Their coaching service costs $10 a month. Well, that seems like so. It, math
1: is hard, but yeah. that is hard, but, but, but you up. have
0: to pay $120 over 12 months in order to get a $99 device for free.
1: Yeah. And to give your data away.
0: And your, and your data, forget that's, that. that's all about the data. So, um, it, uh, what I guess my point is, uh, all it took was two Bing searches because no, 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 don't use Google, uh, in order to find duck, all duck, of go. these stories about either, uh, ridiculous or scary things that internet of things devices do. I'm not saying that we should never, ever move to internet connected devices, but slow your roll, Silicon Valley. We are. Advancing technology really, really fast. And right now we have a lot of engineers who are thinking, how can I do this thing without stopping to think? Should I do this thing? And when, when you have a culture of programmers and, and I know programmer culture because I used to be part of that and, and kind of still am, but not willingly. Uh, if when you have a culture of programmers that says, uh, just get it working. Don't worry about testing. Our users are the testers. Uh, We won't worry about security until the first security vulnerability reports come in. And then if people get hacked, don't worry. Then we'll just develop a security patch and send it out through because that's why we have an update system already. Then you know what? When, When this is the culture and this is how Silicon Valley new shiny tech devices work, you need to never sign on to V1 of anything because they're buggy. They're insecure they're compromising your data, they are probably not working for you, and there's even odds they may not even work at all.
1: Well, that really is the problem, is that these companies aren't looking to work for you, they're looking to get the product into your hands, so they can separate you from your data, so they can take your data and then further monetize it, as anything else we've talked about on Grumpy Old Ben's, if you can't figure out what the product is, most likely... You're the product. And as these things become more prevalent with cellular modems being in these devices, and it's still the rarity, I think, due to the cost. Of course, we don't have 5G completely rolled out. And I don't know if any of these companies are going to start putting 5G in their IoT devices until there is oh, a mass market for
0: <laughs> them. Meaning, the only, if you have. The only thing preventing them so far is that 5G is not widely rolled out.
1: But it has to be rolled out pretty much everywhere, otherwise you don't want to be selling one of these widgets, whatever it may happen to no, be, it just to somebody needs, that's in an area that doesn't have five G. It,
0: it just needs to be rolled out in the places where you want your where you think your customers are. Which means that it needs to be rolled out to a few cities: San Francisco, San Jose, Seattle, Los Angeles, Petaluma. That's where all of your all of your customers are going to be. So once five G is rolled out there, it's not like you're going to be selling any. In Chicago, unless you can find some dumb podcaster who's silly enough to go out and buy an Alexa unlock my car door.
1: But just so you're saying, people are going to be um, going spying these specifically for the 5G. Cause I'm just thinking if you had, say, you know, one of these doorbells that had 5G and they sell them on Amazon, well, you could buy them anywhere. You don't have to have 5G in your area. I'm assuming there'd be a Wi Fi fallback, I guess. But if you're going to put a 5G modem in there, I would think that would make the price go up a little bit and I don't know why they would do it until there was a a much wider roll up and maybe I'm completely missing a point there.
0: Well, I I was arguing that only the kind of 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 tech enthusiasts that live in those cities would be the only people who buy most of this garbage. Um but my as usual my jokes fall flat on this show. Uh <laughs> Well, i I will well, say well, though that there will be a period of time when 5g rollout is only in a few places and will be uh incomplete and there will be a lot of places where 5g won't be available and there's going to be a lot of people who go out and buy some new tech gadget that is really cool and shiny and you absolutely must have because it you know makes sex you, robot yeah maybe that's it and then. People are going to, this is going to happen. We will read the story about it. People are going to plug this shit in and go, well, how come it doesn't work? And then they're going to tweet angrily at the company and the company is going to tweet back. Well, do you live in somewhere that has 5g and then someone will, will return it. And then, I mean, there's going to be a lot of wailing and bitching and complaining and eventually that will be used as an excuse to, we need to roll out 5g faster and in fact we need the government to step in and fund our rollout mark my words and the
1: real question is if you had if you're the type of person that would buy one of these sex robots and you I, knew I might be. it had cameras and you knew it had other sensors and you knew it had microphones involved would you connect it to the internet i mean this seems like the worst idea possible
0: I didn't even connect my TV to the internet because fuck that. <laughs> all it needs is a HDMI cable.
1: I see. I see Sir Pembrose's sex robot and the TV just sitting next to each other like if we could only talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, they can connect to each other all they want. Although really, honestly, let's let's face it, if I'm buying a sex robot, it's because I want to connect it to me, not my TV. I mean, there will be some physical connecting going on. There will be an, an interface port being implemented here, but it won't be with the internet. Fletcher
1: suggests a Dell sex robot named Adele. So dude, you're getting Adele and it would come with a dead port.
0: Oh come so, on, Eve. Uh, no, if you want <laughs> if if you want someone to have sex with that has a dead port, all you need to do is get married.
1: <laughs> I would give your email address, but your wife already has it. But <laughs> so Sir Fletcher, here, that's gonna- wrong. But hilarious, hey, all at the same time. Fortunately,
0: like your wife, she does not listen to the podcast, and there's nobody here who would tell her. I'm sure because you the cats all like don't me. have
1: that ability yet because they don't have 5G. Otherwise, they would be messaging her right now.
0: Well, my, my cat is currently licking his crotch, and I tell you what—if I could be doing that, <laughs> I wouldn't need the podcast,
1: nor would you need 5G. <laughs> uh, well, if you if you really if you if you get a uh, change your diet. You uh, do some yoga, get really bendy. That's uh, something you could put on your goals for maybe 2020.
0: No, no, I'm you never I'm know. O- I'm over six foot and I'm white. Ain't never going to stretch that far.
1: <laughs> well, with that, we'd like to recommend everybody not miss a moment of the grumpy old Ben's podcast. I mean, I covered everything off of my list that we needed to cover on this Internet of yeah, Things thing. I- I, 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 can, I can
0: give a, a, a farther in deep discussion of the shine bathroom because I actually took notes on it, but uh I think we've covered all of the important parts. It's a smart toilet and really every conclusion you need you can get from there. Um and it'll but, be interesting although, to the, watch. The one thing I'll I'll call out is in the TechCrunch article that I read, which uh I can I can link for somebody who wants it, but uh the line that I, I needed to uh put in my notes was from TechCrunch saying It's a dirty business, but someone had to do it. And to that, I just want to say, no, nobody had to do it. There's no need for this. Why? No, I smart toilet. Nobody had to do it. It's a dirty business. And no. (laughs) But again,
1: I understand that it could be used for good, but it's again, a data drop that is going to be. Health data is one of the only things that a people are still taking drop, somewhat you seriously. What's that? Yeah. Drop. Yes, exactly. More like a data and, dump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a big, a very big, a big steaming data dump and health information is one of those things that there's a lot of legislation around. Not that any of it means anything, but when your toilets start looking at things, which reflect your health, then, uh, It becomes a it becomes interesting because the, like COPPA with, you can't collect data for children. You also have the HIPAA laws for data when it comes to health information. And I'm I'm not even sure why somebody would create one of these smart toilets, at least if not going into the medical reason for it, I guess the only reason, if you have a smart toilet that just flushes itself, you know, that's fine. But if you're getting to the point to where
0: it's analyzing, this one has an app, don't worry. Uh the the app by the way the app is uh quote unquote an AI named Sam which uh, and it it also interfaces with the smart home uh devices which means another another fun tidbit from the TechCrunch article is uh Alexa ask Sam to clean the toilet I
1: kid you well, not yeah, You said that but usually you need a maid for that <laughs>
0: Well if your maid is named Sam that could work If your smart toilet is named Sam I'd start running <laughs>
1: Get out. Get out while you can. But that is it's going to be interesting to watch where these devices are going, because right now it is just the infancy Oh, Darth radar
0: finally installed the filter. Good work
1: (laughs) of what these devices can do. We're at the infancy of where you can still control your devices, as we said, setting up either a guest Wi-Fi on your existing router or setting up a secondary router. That doesn't connect anything else. Use VPN, things like this. There are a lot of things you can do to protect yourself from these devices, from not being able to be hacked through them. And hey, if somebody hacks your light bulb, big deal, they can then talk to your Roomba, but they're not getting into your computer with your banking information, all your usernames and passwords, and all of that. So that's a good way to keep safe. Do something like a VPN. Hacking your light bulb is
0: only a concern if you're epileptic. Which is true, too. I mean, you never know what could be
1: done. I mean, mean, one of these things, as a guy who's pretty much now blind in one eye, the, one of the things that was talked about was a bionic eye talking about looking into the future with these things, which I don't know if you had a bionic eye, why you would necessarily be connected to the Internet. But I guess this is where they see this stuff going with 5G, which would be, you know, of course, you're going to need firmware updates on those eyes. The, uh, they're like, okay, what would happen? If there is somebody created a QR code, which automatically the eye sees that and then goes to a malicious subroutine, goes to a malicious web page, download software, and now you have ransomware. You want your site back? Hey, pay us off. Um, It seems like a weird futuristic thing that can never happen. But as we're watching this kind of stuff unfold, the ability is there, which is why you, you, well, you know seem know like the, idiots like, oh, you want to really get your make sure your light bulbs are secure, but it's the start.
0: And you know that the bionic eye thing is definitely going to happen, not because of the possibility of hacking. That certainly won't be in the marketing materials, but because it will be way more convenient if you say, yeah, just get this minor eye surgery to replace your eyeball with a bionic one. And you'll you, too, will be able to use, read a QR code without having to click your phone
1: that would be pretty awesome. What do you think about
0: it? I, you know what? In my experience, most of the QR codes go to <laughs> URLs that aren't fucking worth reading anyway.
1: But think about it: the bionic eye. You're just bringing your laptop with you. Now you just see the screen.
0: I, yeah, there's you know lots of, it. lots of examples of in Hollywood of somebody where they've got an, a HUD up on their eye and about half of them is in a sci-fi movie where it gets hacked and suddenly wrong data gets put in. And you know what? I, all I'm saying is that if I really wanted to hack my eyesight and have wrong data being fed to my brain, I would do drugs.
1: What could possibly be wrong with a cyborg? Bemrose? Not really. Sh- Wait, no, I think I just answered my own question. Let's not do that. <laughs> Let us not Asked do that. But hey, if answered. you like, whoosh, if you like what you're hearing here, go over to grumpyoldbens.com and subscribe to the show. You can do it on Android. You can do it on Apple. You can do it on Stitcher. Even. Or you can just do the old-fashioned grab the RSS feed and use it any damn place you want. Or if you're really lazy and just want us to email you, well, not us. It's the overlords that run the machines. If you want the machine to email you every time a new episode drops, click subscribe by email. Every time we post a new episode, you will be emailed. You will it's know AI. You won't miss. Yeah, you won't miss a minute of Grumpy Old Beds. We don't want you to miss a minute. And we do work on the value for value model. So if you think you got something out of this, if you like what you're hearing and you want to contribute in any way, shape, or form, feel free to click that little donate button. And also feel free to give us any thoughts, comments, criticisms at uh, Ryan at com or Darren at com. And there's a lot of great producers out there. And if you want to do something crazy, you know, if you want to make a comic of us doing crazy things and put them up on the YouTubes and stuff, like uh, Dame Jennifer is doing for uh, No Agenda, I mean, that would be cool because uh, you know we want to we want to take Grumpy Old Ben's to the, the next level.
0: Make if you do that, make sure you get my good side, which would be which which the back side then the the outside.
1: Oh, the outside. Wait, no, are you sure that's not the inside? I'm, you may be completely. And utterly confused, but we appreciate everybody that's contributed to the show. I mean, it's amazing here, episode 35, the support that we've gotten, the amount of people that check out the shows live in the No Agenda Troll Room at NoAgendaStream.com. The usual suspects, our new buddy, Darth Radar, but, you know, Sir Fletcher, who's been with us, JC Jr., DC Girl, Blitzed, Sir Matthew, the, uh, the I, Key Becker, uh, if we need ITM Omaha, who guy. came
0: in when we were talking about licking ourselves.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. You really—it's it's, it's, Grumpy Old Benz—is a show you need to take within context, or if you come in in the middle, although not as bad as mags, we're not as bad. But sometimes you need a little For bit some of that. Shows a, uh, there
0: can be no context.
1: That is true, and we're trying to be in context, and we're trying to have a little bit of fun, educate, enlighten, and look at this stuff from a tech guy's viewpoint. Because as you've pointed out, Sir Bemrose, in a lot of these technologies that the masses seem to love the guys coding them stay as far away from them as they can.
0: And that probably tells you something, right? Uh, it, it tells me everything I need to know about the technologies. I, I'm not so saying, until- I'm not saying technology's not going there. I'm just saying maybe the V one isn't where we want to be just yet.
1: Yeah. Go kicking and screw. And it gets to like version 12. We'll we'll pick this up and maybe yeah. they'll have the, well, th- even, the even windows
0: isn't at version 12 yet. <laughs> well there have been more i guess <laughs> have there been let's well, not how go many down major releases hole. yeah you just kind of
1: broke my brain here on how many <laughs> versions of windows yeah, uh, and if you nope. count all of these major updates to 10 we, and, we could uh,
0: do we could do a whole podcast on how they arrived at uh, the number seven to come after vista
1: <laughs> but And we will one. at some point and sir bemrose will give us the inside skinny but until we do and until next time I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm feeling comcastic.
0: And from America's left coast, where Epstein didn't kill himself, I'm Ryan Pemrose. (laughs)